Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with this Monday episode of Let's Ride. I'm your host, as always, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning. This podcast, in case you just stumbled upon it, always airs at 5 a.m. Eastern Time on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, unless it is the day after a game. So anytime the Steelers play, let's look at last week as an example, they played on Thursday night. Our post-game podcast runs throughout the morning. My show will air at noon the next day. Same as during the season when they play it on Sundays. I will be back on, I'm sorry, Monday. Gosh, can't get my day straight. Monday at noon as the post-game podcast is the primary focus up until noon. So if last week you were sitting there on Friday morning and you're on your phone, you're like, gosh, I can't find Let's Ride anywhere. Like, what the heck's going on? That's the lay of the land. I don't want any fans to think that, well, all of a sudden, you know, it's not that we're not doing the show or anything. No, we are. It's just going to be running at noon. So just so you're aware, that's how it works. And as always, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We are a part. Our podcast platform is a part of an extension of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is an extension of SB Nation, which is an extension of Vox Media. Make sure you check out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. That's all the training camp news, recaps, you name it. We've got it there for you in one place. Also, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain so that you don't miss a thing. Subscribe, follow. You'll get my show. You'll get the live mic on Tuesday morning, the Stat Geek with Dave Schofield on Thursday morning. All these new shows that are debuting, the Fantasy Fix with Jeremy Betts on Wednesday, Maddie Peverell's War Room on Thursday, Friday, uh, or it could be Saturday, I'm not sure, is the Power Half Hour with the Ohioans, and then all of our afternoon content remains the same. It's a really exciting time. We're going to be debuting some new shows coming up in the, in the in just a few weeks. It's hard to believe. Jeffrey Benedict's The Cutting Room Floor should be debuting, and that is exciting. What was exciting for me, and uh, there, there is something, I put this on my Twitter feed. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at jhartman underscore pit, that there's something I have to sound off about. There's something I have to sound off about. I'm going to get to it before the first break, but that's not the focus of the podcast. You know, I always set a headline. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. This is not going to be me going off on one topic for 30 minutes. I'm actually going to be tackling three topics in one show based on the fact that on Wednesday, not only am I going to be doing my mailbag in the second half, but I'm going to be getting everyone ready for the upcoming preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday. So there's a lot to get through. And then obviously Friday's show is going to be a recap of the game on Thursday. So the the news that we want to talk about happened on Saturday, and that was that Keith Butler, defensive coordinator Keith Butler, kind of spilled the beans a little bit. No one knew why T.J. Watt wasn't practicing fully. T.J. Watt is has been there. He's working out, but he has not been participating with pads on. He has not been participating with you know, team drills, one-on-one drills. He wasn't a part of backs on backers, things like that. And no one knew why. Mike Tomlin said he doesn't have to talk about injuries, so he's not going to say anything. Well, that makes you feel like, well, maybe he's banged up. Maybe he's got a shoulder. Maybe he has, you know, something with his back. I don't know. But nonetheless, Keith Butler is the one that kind of, like I said, he spilled the beans. And he made it seem like, now unless he's lying, which I doubt he is, the reason why T.J. Watt is not participating fully is because of his contract status. That, you know, he's in his fifth-year option. We're talking about T.J. Watt. 
And TJ Watt is expecting a mega deal. I get it. I would I would expect a mega deal if I were TJ Watt as well. And with that being said, he's not going to participate in those drills until that deal is done. Now we know the Steelers don't do contracts once the regular season begins. So you're thinking about this situation, and you're like, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to get a deal done? The clock is officially ticking. And there were a lot of Steeler fans out there that were, you know, ringing the bell. Oh, my gosh, the world is ending. Oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh, my gosh, they're going to let TJ Watts not going to play. Calm down, people. That's the headline of this podcast is Steeler fans, don't freak out about the TJ Watt news. Just don't do it. Don't freak out about it. I'll give you several reasons why. Okay, several reasons why. First is that T.J. Watt is not technically holding out. He is not holding out. He showed up on time. He did not miss a day of practice, has not missed a day of practice as of this being recorded. He is in great shape, and he is actually working during practices. He's doing drills. He's doing individual drills. He's doing conditioning drills. He is there working his tail off. The only thing he's not doing is donning the pads, hitting, and all those type of things. I think fans need to realize that as of right now, as we sit here, we are looking at a situation where the Pittsburgh Steelers are technically entering week one of the preseason. Yeah, I know they played last Thursday in the Hall of Fame game, but this upcoming week is technically week one, even though it'll be their second game. This tells this means that they have roughly three and a half, four weeks to try to get a deal done with T.J. Watt. The fact that we know why T.J. Watt is sitting out and the fact that there is time remaining makes me very comfortable that a deal will get done. It makes me comfortable that the Steelers know that he wants a deal. The Steelers want to keep him. Art Rooney II has talked about it. Um, the Kevin Colbert's talked about it. Mike Tomlin has talked about it. You would be absolutely insane if you would want to let T.J. Watt walk. And now some, on Twitter especially, Steelers Twitter was all on fire about this. And they, they said, he's under contract, he needs to do his job, and all this stuff. I get it, and he's there. It's not a holdout of, well, he's not showing up, he's not doing anything a la Le'Veon Bell when he was franchise tagged. That's not this. That, that's not what he's doing. He's just not putting himself in a position where he could have a serious injury. I wouldn't want to do that either. And Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, said that as a former NFL linebacker. I don't think people realize that, that Keith Butler actually played in the league. He played for the Seattle Seahawks back in the day. He was a linebacker. And so he said, I get it. This is People want to say it's a game. It's a business. And T.J. Watt right now with probably his agent said, we want to get the deal done. So show up on time. Work your tail off. Never miss a session, but we're going to tell the Steelers that you're not going to participate in those type of drills in any preseason game until a new deal is done and we have solidified your new contract, which should be very, very lucrative. Very, very lucrative. Just back that Brinks truck right up to the uh, Heinz Field front door, tell TJ Watt to bring several bags and suitcases, and we'll just pile the cash on in there. I don't think anyone expects anything less, and I still do feel that this deal is going to get done sooner than later. Could it happen as soon as this week? Possibly. Now that the cat's out of the bag, there's a good chance that the Steelers say, oh, crap, now we have to get this deal done. Fans are going to be pissed off. What the heck? we got to get a deal done. All right, all right, let's, let's really sit down at the negotiating table. Or it could wait until the witching hour. 
We've seen that happen on more than one occasion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Last season, it was Cam Hayward. They got a, a contract late in training camp. Um, I'm, I could be wrong. It could have been earlier, but he got a deal prior to the season. Everyone always remembers when Troy Polamalu signed his contract in the airport heading to the week one game that year. Uh, it's one of those situations where the Steelers are going to do everything they can that they feel is right to get a deal done. And unless TJ Watt is asking for some unbelievably ridiculous, crazy amount, I think it's going to get done. So Steelers fans have some solace in the fact that Watt is there. Watt is working. He is in shape. He is working hard. He is in the film rooms. He's attending meetings. He's doing everything except for those live hitting drills. Understand that they also have time. They still have time to get a deal done. Just like with the quarterback situation, when you look around the NFL with Josh Allen getting paid by the Buffalo Bills, well, that's going to trigger a a ripple effect that's going to impact Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. So this, he's probably just waiting around. He's They're looking at comparable contracts. How much is he going to get paid? Looking at edge rushers, pass rushers, how much are they getting paid? Where does he fit into that scheme? The Steelers are going to make him the highest paid defender probably in the National Football League. But they need to make a deal that's right for them financially, salary cap wise, just like they TJ Watt needs to get a deal that's financially right for him. He probably wants to do right by both himself and the organization. The Steelers probably want to do the same. And when you have that situation, it's only a matter of time. So hopefully my hope, fingers crossed, is that this deal gets done prior to the next preseason game. No, not Philadelphia. The game after that, which is actually at home, the Detroit Lions. That way he could participate in that game. And then the last week, they don't have to worry about him. He's not going to play in that game. He's getting ready for the regular season. That would be the perfect situation. And I don't think that he's missing anything either. I don't think that he's a player that needs these repetitions. Heck, give these repetitions to Quincy Roche, to Jameer Jones, to um, Alex Highsmith, and now even to Melvin Ingram to get him a chance to get acclimated. This is fine right now. If this lingers, it can become a problem. But right now, it's okay. So fans, don't freak out. Don't freak out about this news. Not yet anyways. Not yet. All right, let's talk about what I wanted to sound off on. So um, I there were a lot of speeches in the Hall of Fame weekend. Obviously, Saturday was very pro Steelers. That the crowd was great. I thought it was awesome listening to Donnie Shell, Troy Polamalu, and Bill Cowher in that order. And they had them sprinkled in probably because they knew that if the Steelers, let's say they would have done Donnie Shell, Troy Polamalu, and Bill Cowher right in a row, and they still had all these other people, the Steelers fans probably would have left. <laughs> they don't want to stay for anything else. So they sprinkled him in. They kept Cowher till the end. Steeler fans stuck around. They had a full crowd. It was great. I recorded the event because I really don't care to hear Jimmy Johnson spout off about Cowboys talk or whatever, Dolphins, because he was with the Dolphins. Um, I just don't. It sounds horrible. I, I don't care. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it's the truth. I don't care. So I recorded it. I went. I watched Donnie Shell's speech. Very good job. I was so happy that he got in. I never watched him play. He was done before I was you know, old enough to know anything about football. But knowing what he's done for the Steelers, winning four Super Bowls, listening to my dad talk about him, the torpedo, was great to see him get in. Troy's speech was awesome. It was awesome. I mean, when you heard Troy Polamalu talk about what it meant to be a Pittsburgh Steeler, I got chills when I was listening to it, and I'm just a fan. I got chills listening to it. 
Um, I, I definitely, it reminded me of the Jack Lambert speech. It was different, but it reminded me of Jack Lambert when he got into the Hall of Fame where he had that famous quote that said, if I could do it all over again, I'd be a professional football player. And you better damn well believe I'd be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And it makes you feel like you want to run through the wall. Oh, gosh, it just gets you all fired up. And when Troy Polamalu said about the old guys that would show up, those players from the 70s, whether it's Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell, Franco Harris, Lynn Swan, it doesn't matter who. I could name the uh, probably the entire starting roster. He said it's when they looked at you and said, you could have played for us. He said that's when you knew they had that you had their respect. And I'm, I, I'm getting chills just talking about it. And then Bill Cowher gets up there at the end, and what a great speech. I kind of wish he would have talked about coaching for the Steelers more, but he didn't have to. His resume speaks for itself. The wins, the Super Bowl victory, the success that he had, the longevity he had while in Pittsburgh, following Chuck Knoll. Uh, he talked about his family uh, as a father of, of four daughters and a son. He talked about his daughters who were there. and He had lost his wife, Kay. It's emotional. I got a little emotional watching it, not going to lie. Anyone that has a family understands and has ever lost a loved one like he has. It's it's difficult. And so I finished Bill Cowher's speech, and I turned it off, and I, I was thinking to myself, so now I, I, I leave my fan mode. My brain is in fan mode. I leave fan mode. I turn it off, and now I'm thinking to myself, I'd switch it over to editor, editor and podcast mode. And so I'm thinking about, okay, what can I do with this stuff? I, I don't want to try to rip any of this off. I don't want to try to duplicate anything. That's not what I want to do. So I wrote an article, and thankfully the Steelers' official Twitter feed had the full speeches for all three individuals. I put them in an article and ran it. And so then I start to think, well, I would be it would be a really cool article to go in, and we have a list on Behind the Steel Curtain's Twitter uh, that is all the current players and some former players I want to go in there and see who's talking about these Hall of Fame speeches, like current players. Like it would be really cool to write an article that kind of puts all the tweets and, and all that stuff from current players that are watching the Hall of Fame speech speeches into an article. You know, we do this all the time, like when the Steelers win and players go to Twitter and say, Yeah, that's right, want to know, whatever. Uh, here we go. Love the Steelers, love my teammates. We always compile those in an article. So I go there, I think it's a good idea. It would probably do well from an editorial standpoint. And oh my gosh, I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. I'm stunned when I go to this Twitter list, which has every current NFL and Steeler player. It has several former players, and there's nothing. Nothing. Now, I'm not talking about the former players, because Ike Taylor was there, Joey Porter was there, Casey Hampton was there. Um, a bunch of other players were there in person. So obviously they're not going to be tweeting during that. But I don't care about that at Generation. I'm talking about the current players. There was only one that I saw and that I've seen at the moment of this being recorded that actually said anything about that day, that evening, those speeches. And that was Juju Smith-Schuster. And he was speaking specifically to Troy Palomalu. We know that Juju Smith-Schuster comes from a Samoan background Troy Palomalu, definitely, we know that he comes from a Samoan background. They're both from USC. He basically congratulated him on getting into the Hall of Fame and, and such an honor. Other than that, nothing. Now, I understand that the last time this was a situation where the Steelers played in the Hall of Fame game, they organized, I believe that was when Dick LeBeau got inducted, they had the whole team there. 
It was pretty cool to see. And I understand with the protocols and things of that nature, that was not going to happen this year, especially also based on the fact that the way the schedule lines up and with the fact that this is unique because they are having more enshrinements. They had more enshrinements on Sunday. That was when Alan Fanica got in and he got his induction and all that stuff. But my gosh, I, I find it hard to believe and maybe they just didn't put this on social media, which is a possibility. Keep that in mind, which is a possibility. But for these guys that go out on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, doesn't matter, TikTok, and they will tweet out about how cool it is that their favorite rapper is dropping a new album, you're telling me that you watched Troy Polamalu's speech, and maybe we'll just stop at Troy because a lot of people might, a lot of players might not care about Bill Cowher. He's been gone for a while. A while. He, last season was in 2006. And maybe it's not Donnie Shell because Donnie Shell was a, a member of the Steel Curtain defense in the 70s. Whatever. Troy Palomalu was a generational player that even these guys that are playing now were young enough to remember watching him play and how dynamic he was. You're, But you're telling me, when they're watching this, and if they're not watching it, why are they not watching it? They're watching Troy Palomalu get up there and talk about what it means to be a member of the Steelers, what it means to wear the black and gold, to defend the black and gold, to always uphold the standards set forth by the Rooney family and everything else and everyone else that went before you and understand what it means. You're telling me that none of those players felt compelled, motivated, inspired to go on their social media feeds and say, wow. I have a new appreciation for the team that drafted me. I have a new appreciation for the team that picked me up as a free agent. I have a new appreciation for this organization. None of that happened? I'm telling you, where is it? Where is it? I mean, if my Mike Tomlin, I'm sitting down every single player in a meeting room and they're watching that speech. They're watching that speech, and I'm going to make sure that every single player, all 90 players on that offseason roster, I don't care if you're a player that's not going to make the team. You're going to understand what it means to wear the black and gold, even if it's for a preseason game. You're going to understand what it means to represent all those fans around the world. You're going to understand what it means to walk through those doors and see those Lombardi trophies every single day. I was really disappointed. I really was. I just felt, and you know, Ben Roethlisberger, who doesn't even run his social media accounts, he did some uh, some tweets and retweets uh, of things like that. But I'm a fan. I'm just a fan. I have no bearing on that organization whatsoever other than the fact that I write about them, I talk about them in podcast form, and I was inspired. I was motivated. I just felt like these players who are so quick to just go on Twitter and talk about anything under the sun – Where's the, where is that talk about the Steelers and the organization? I was disappointed. Maybe they'll change. Maybe at, you know, training camp practices, when, when players are interviewed, they will talk about that and they'll say how they watched it and they appreciated what they had to say. I don't know. But I was really kind of upset that especially Troy's speech, especially Troy's speech did not stir up something in these players that says, boy, this isn't just another football team. This isn't just another organization. For crying out loud, Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, he played for three NFL teams, I believe. He said that after watching that speech, he wanted to be a member of the Steelers. Gosh, darn it. I hope these guys are motivated, and they just didn't put it on social media. I hope that's the case. I hope they listen to Troy. I mean, we all know Troy's a different guy. 
I, I, he is a different guy. He's a different beast. But what he said in that speech Saturday night should resonate with every single fan and every single player that ever has or ever will put on that black and gold helmet. And that's all I'm going to say about that. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about players to watch coming up this Thursday night when the Steelers travel to the wrong side of the state and play the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll be right back. Fans, welcome back to the second segment on this Let's Ride podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Harbin, Senior Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I hope you all were able to get through my little rant there. Sometimes there are things that rub me the wrong way. You'll find this out in case you're a new listener. You're someone that's saying, wow, boy, Jeff just kind of went off there on for nothing. It wasn't for nothing. Uh, it's just something that sticks with me. And for whatever reason, I just felt like that just needed to be I needed to say that. I even told my wife about it. I was sitting there, and I'm writing my show notes. She goes, what are you going to talk about? And I said, I just, I got to get this off my mind. I got to get this off my chest. And so there you have it. There you have it. All right, folks, let's get to this. Players to Watch. This was a, a podcast that I did last week, which was a standalone podcast on Monday. And I had actually considered keeping that format, especially with the preseason. Like, who should be we keeping an eye on? But I didn't feel like this week we needed to do an entire segment on it. Oh, our entire show, I should say. We can do a segment based on the fact that I didn't want to duplicate my answers from last week. When you think about last week going into the Hall of Fame game, I told you the following players you should be keeping an eye on during the, the Hall of Fame game. So on offense, it was Kendrick Green. He started, did a good job. Dan Moore Jr. started, did a good job. Dwayne Haskins, our first look of Dwayne Haskins with the Steelers uniform on. Anthony McFarland got some carries. And then I had Pat Fryermuth, who I thought and was hopeful was going to play. He banged up his shoulder but he didn't play. On defense, I said James Pierre. He got more comfortable as the game progressed. Antoine Brooks Jr. started the game. I thought he acclimated well. He showed good blitzing off the edge. Ulysses Gilbert III, he started and did not look good. I was very disappointed in Ulysses Gilbert III. Buddy Johnson played. I thought he played well for a rookie, was always around the football. And then Quincy Roche, who had a sack. I thought it was a good game. I even gave you some honorable mentions with Najee Harris. He got his first carries as a professional. Um, James Washington, we all know the saga that was James Washington and him reportedly wanting to request a trade and then the Steelers on Saturday saying, nope, that's not the case. He doesn't want to trade. Um, he didn't do much. He didn't play much. I'll say that, but he had two targets and no catches. Cam Sutton, he played outside opposite James Pierre. We know what we have there. Presley Harvin, big press. My gosh, what a game. I talked about him in my winners and losers column. Uh, and then, Trey Turner and Melvin Ingram both did not play. So what I decided to do today is I'm going to decrease the list, but I'm going to do it in a different way. I wanted to do players that did not play or I did not have on the previous list. There's no reason for me to talk about Kendrick Green again. I already did that, and he already played. So players to watch that I didn't mention last week, we're going to break them up. I had three on offense, three on defense, and they're all listed for different reasons. Some are just maybe because they're coming back 
from their, their first game action of the season, preseason, maybe there's another reason. So we'll talk about it. Let's start on the offensive side of the football, and I'm going to start with a tackle, and that would be one right tackle, Zach Banner. And Zach Banner, as far as I can see, unless something happens, it is expected that he is going to get his first preseason action on Thursday night. He has been practicing with the starting team unless they decide we want to give him one more week to kind of get acclimated. He'll, he'll play, but he's not going to play until that Lions game at home. Then I would, I really want to see what Zach Banner can do. And it's, it's more so as the expectation has changed with Zach Banner. I don't think anyone, at least me, I have no doubt that he can play. I have no doubt that he can start. I have no doubt that he can be a good right tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the foreseeable future. But he needs experience. He needs experience not just on the field. He needs experience with that role of being a starter, a role of going out there and leading and being a voice. Because right now, the Steelers' offensive line was anything but the projected starters that we won, that we talked about leading up to this season. Last week, you had left tackle Dan Moore Jr., left guard B.J. Finney, Kendrick Green at center, Rashad Coward at right guard, and right tackle was Joe Haig. That was the starting offensive line for the Steelers last week in Canton, Ohio. This week, it should look a little different. And that next person, because this is a good segue, the next person I have on my list offensive is the other tackle, Chooks Chukwuma, officially a Korafor. Chooks, this will be his first live game action at left tackle. I want to see what he can do. I want to see how he looks. Kevin Colbert goes out and talks to the media and says, we always thought when we drafted Chooks that he would be better suited for left tackle than right. He only has played in the National Football League at right tackle because Alejandro Villanueva has always been on the left side. Villanueva is now a member of the Ravens. We know that. Puke. I just threw up my mouth a little bit. But still, Chooks is on the left side. I want to see what he can do. I don't care if it's just for a drive. I want to see what he can do. And so now you look at the pieces of the puzzle they're starting to come together. So you're now, if, if, if these two players who've been battling, you know, uh, Chooks has something, he's battling some type of injury, he's coming back from it, they're taking it easy with him. Zach Banner's coming off ACL surgery last season, he's coming back. So you have your left tackle, left guard Kevin Dotson, it doesn't look like he's going to play unless he gets back on the field soon, um, but still, so left guard might be like Rashad Coward, they'll probably swing him over, or maybe B.J. Finney. Looks like Kendrick Green is going to continue to run with the ones until he prove he proves he can't do it. Right guard Trey Turner, who was honorable mention last week on my list, he should be back. He should be playing at least a little bit. And then right tackle Zach Banner. This is going to give the fan base a little bit of a better idea as to what the offensive line is going to look like and what they can do. So I'm excited for that. Last player on offense is a player I actually listed last week, so I kind of broke my own rule, and that's Pat Fryermuth. He didn't play, so I'm going to put him on there again. I really want to see what Pat Fryermuth can do as a tight end. He's been making ridiculous catches all camp. Let's see what he can do. If, if, if he is, and I forget the player that said it. Someone said they remind him. he reminds him of Travis Kelsey. Could you imagine if the Steelers got a player like that? I, I can't stand Travis Kelsey. He's a crybaby, but ultimately, if the Steelers had one of those, boom, yeah, I'll take it. Thank you very much. So that's my offensive players. Now let's go to defense. Three defensive players. First on the list is Devin Bush. Devin Bush, he's coming back just like Banner off the ACL last season. He did not play last Thursday. I would imagine they want to get him some live game reps. And Dave Schofield had a great point. We were kind of arguing, not arguing, but we were messaging back and forth on our Slack channel about why I thought Devin Bush should play. He said Devin Bush should not play 
based on the fact that the field in Canton is, is reportedly always awful. And I see that's a good point. That's a good point. So Philadelphia is a natural grass surface. They should be fine getting him out there. Let's get him some reps, get him some hits, and then get him out of there. And then you have Melvin Ingram. He's my next on the defensive list. I just want to see what he can do. We know TJ Watt's unlikely to play for obvious reasons. In case you were asleep at the beginning of the podcast, go back and listen to the beginning. But Melvin Ingram, I really feel like he is he's going to get the reps to get himself situated in Pittsburgh. There's not much this guy has to learn. He, he probably already grasped the, the, the scheme. He just has to learn the verbiage. He has to know what to say in certain situations. He'll be fine, but I want to watch him. I'm excited. And then also on defense, and this is based solely on the performance last week, is Alex Highsmith. I want to see Alex Highsmith do what he did last week again. Tell me. Show me it wasn't a flash in the pan. Show me that this is what we can expect now from you as a pass rusher in the National Football League. And wow, that will be something else. That then, then, because if you have Alex Highsmith doing that all the time, I don't care who he's going against. I don't care if it's backups, third string, doesn't matter. If he's doing that and he's making guys look foolish, and then you have Melvin Ingram who looks like he's the deal, he still has it, and then you get TJ Watt back eventually, all of a sudden people are going to be saying, uh, Bud Dupree, who? That pass rush is going to be absolutely lethal absolutely lethal so those are my six players to watch offense zach banner chooks for and pat fryermuth patty fryermuth defense devin bush melvin ingram alex highsmith i do want to watch presley harvin again uh, i'm curious are they going to sprinkle in jordan berry jordan berry did nothing in that first game so we'll see if the battle actually takes place in philadelphia on thursday night All right, folks, that does it for me. Make sure you check out the podcast, all of our podcasts, but make sure you check out my Let's Ride podcast on Wednesday. Going to be talking about expectations for the Steelers coming up against Philadelphia. It's a different feel to it than that first game, which we knew was just going to be nothing but you know, depth players. This has a different feel to it. We'll be talking about that as well as recapping some of what Mike Tomlin said in his press conference on Tuesday. Uh, And then also I'm going to be answering your questions. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. On Tuesday, I'll put out the question, which is, hey, who's got questions? Fire away and I'll answer them in the second part of my show. All right, folks, that does it for me. I appreciate you listening and taking part of that rant at at the end of the first segment. Uh, I can't say that that's the only time. There's going to be more rants coming. I guarantee it. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day. We'll see you on Wednesday. Take it easy.